welcome back to another episode of Roll Faith and Apologetics, and I am your host, Jess Robinson. So today's episode is our last one of 2023. No, we are not shutting down the podcast. The way that Christmas and New Year's Eve landed this year is generally on the day that we record our regular episodes. So instead of scrambling to make an episode, I just made the decision to take a two-week break and resume releasing episodes on January 9th. This also marks the end of the first season of Rural Faith and Apologetics. So when we get back in January, we will be in season two. We have made it to 17 episodes total, which is great. What I have planned to talk about in today's episode is recapping 2023, and then I'll discuss what my vision for the channel is for 2024, along with what type of episodes we are going to release. Since we started at the end of August, I just want to say that running this show has had some learning curves. Right now, it's just me running everything from researching to proofing the audio after recording. It is a lot of work, but I've enjoyed it. My hope is to upgrade all my equipment someday. I work on a laptop currently while using Audacity for recording, which is really nice. But one of my wishes is to get a computer and a camera equipment. So not only do I record audio, but video podcasts to post in places like YouTube to reach more people. The thing that I've also learned is that there are so many topics out there that we can cover and very little time to actually cover it all. I have to honestly pray about what I'm going to cover each week and leave myself room to make a change in topics as we go. You know, for example, I remember that I was going to cover the women's conference that I went to in Bozeman, Montana in October, but that episode actually got pushed back by a week because everything that happened on October 7th was with Israel occurred on that same weekend. I just honestly knew that I had to cover that topic along with the youth pastor point of view when discussing end times with kids. And that episode ended up being the third most uh, viewed episode for this channel. Talking about topics, I've also had to learn about analytics and what episodes are getting viewed which is hard because it can make you self-conscious about yourself, but it's actually a great tool to see what episodes are getting views and what is not working. We are in the early stages of this podcast where I don't have a lot of comment feedback, so I have to go off of these numbers to help prayerfully decide what to do for episodes. I've also learned that there are specific months that people tune into podcasts, which really shows in the analytics. One of those months is October, which I saw a spike in listening views during that time. And we are actually coming up to another month where there should be spikes, which is the end of December going into January, which is understandable. People are probably looking for new podcasts for the new year. So we will see what happens when I come back in January. So what were the top five episodes of the podcast in our short time in 2023? Number five was seven cornerstones of a biblical worldview. And does the Bible approve 
Outrageous Cruelty and Injustice. That one was spurred on by Barna Research. I viewed on seven cornerstones that all youth should believe in that will help them to develop a biblical worldview. It also spurred on our series of whether the Bible approves outrageous cruelty and injustice. If you haven't heard this episode, you need to go check it out. I can honestly see why this episode made the top. There are Christian parents out there that are honestly concerned about the younger generation and are looking for information like this to help them to raise their kids to have a biblical worldview. And I hope to continue looking at Barna Research in 2024 and presenting some of those findings in in podcast episodes. So number four was, what does the Bible say about dreams of dead relatives and communication from the dead? This one kind of surprised me that it had so many views, but at the same time, I could see why it had so many views. When you look at the top movies and books, they generally have to deal with the supernatural. Our younger generations are obsessed with the supernatural. And I will be honest, I hope to discuss more of this area in 2024. And we'll get more into what we will be discussing for episodes in 2024 in a few moments. Number three was, are we headed to Gog and Magog and how to talk to kids about end time events? This episode was the one spurred on after the events of October 7th. That made me push back another episode by, to, by a week. This kind of showed me that viewers are interested in commentary of big events in the news from a biblical worldview, and I hope to do that continuing forward into 2024. Number two was, do contradictions in the Bible make it fallible? I can understand this being highly viewed because people are generally trying to determine if the Bible is true or not in a world that tells us that all roads lead to heaven, which is funny because my husband and I were watching an episode of the History Guy on YouTube, and he was talking about how they got to the King James Version of the Bible. And at the end of the episode, he was talking about how the Bible has been through these changes, and the discussion is now whether the Bible should include gender-inclusive wording or stay to what was culturally accepted in that time. And the views on this episode was high, so I feel like we need to talk about this in a future episode in 2024. And number one was applying the truth that scriptures are inspired, part two of the Word Inspired by God series. As stated in the title, this one was actually a part two to an episode that didn't make it in the top five. But what I can see is that viewers are searching for is how do we apply that this is true and what are solid Bible interpreting skills we need. Before going to the 2024 vision and episode reveal, I want to say that this podcast is still pretty young compared to others out there. I think everyone who gets into this learns that the podcast has to build up which honestly takes time and consistent posting, which I feel like has been what I've been doing. So what is my vision and plans for the podcast in 2024? Well, continue to post content uh, regularly after the Christmas break in order to build viewership. 
I know for sure there will be a week in July that I will not be able to post an episode because I will be at youth camp. But what is good about that break is I can come back the following week with a recap on some of the things I've learned um, as a youth pastor from the next generation uh, there at camp. And my vision for the podcast is for this to grow into more than just weekly podcasts, you know, and including some behind the scenes, extra episodes, all of that. Granted, my first passion is ministry, and this podcast is an extension of this, of the ministry. Um, my biggest vision is to be in full-time ministry. Now, don't get me wrong, we are all full-time evangelists, no matter what we're doing, because every believer is called to go make disciples. But what I'm talking about is as a youth pastor, I am bivocational. I hold a part-time job two days a week in a law office. And prior to going into ministry, I was a legal assistant for an attorney for over two years. And he's actually now a judge, but he showed me almost everything about the legal system. So like the Apostle Paul had tent making, I tend to fall back to the legal system for extra income. I actually work on probates, which is essentially working on dead people's estates that have to be filed within the court because of different circumstances that may arise. While I have learned a lot about the legal system and continue to expand my knowledge in that area, I pray about a day that I don't have to work in a law office anymore, that I can just do full-time ministry. And for one other thing that I'm going to share, one other part of the podcast I have a vision for is mental health. For those that don't know, uh, on top of me taking ministry classes to be a licensed pastor, I'm also enrolled through Light University to be a certified mental health coach and professional life coach. It does not make me a counselor, but essentially someone who can meet with people, listen to what is going on, with their life and help them find professional counseling if that is what is needed, all the while helping them to point uh, them to Jesus through whatever they may be going through. I have developed a passion for mental health. You can ask my husband about the videos I watch on YouTube and the majority being about mental health. I think it's a topic that churches have to address today because mental health has gotten kind of a bad rap in churches, especially in some charismatic areas, because there's some belief that if there is something wrong with you mentally, then you have no faith, which is totally false. There is also stigma in the churches that if someone is taking medicine for illnesses or getting counseling from a counselor for things like anxiety and depression, for example, The general viewpoint is someone needs to stop taking those meds and just rely on Jesus. Look, I totally believe in divine healing. I can't explain why some people can be miraculously healed and some don't. But what I do believe is that sometimes people have to be on those medicines. Sometimes they need uh, counseling, going to a psychologist or a psychotherapist in order to get their life out of crisis mode and partner in prayer with them, that they will be healed as according to the Bible. It's not a lack of faith. So I hope to bring some of these mental health topics 
up along the way because it is something that is being addressed in rural areas. Wyoming is among the top in the ranks for suicide and it needs to be addressed. And so I hope to build the podcast enough to as well allow allow guests to come onto the show. I would love to have faith-filled counselors, teachers, legislators, pastors, and authors come onto the show. But I need a certain amount of followers to constitute doing that. So as I always say, there, you know, with this podcast, share this podcast with friends and people who need to hear this. So what are episodes we are looking at for 2024? Along with some of the stuff we have been covering within the Bible, there will be some other episodes in 2024. Uh, We'll still have book reviews, looking into the entertainment, hopefully looking at some songs. I get some requests for that. But what I can tell you is that the very first episode of 2024 will be a review of Sermon on the Mount by Jen Wilkin. Our women's group went through this book for our Thursday night study this fall, and it's a different study from other studies I have ever done, which we'll talk about in that episode. And I'm just finishing up an evangelism class for my ministry courses, and I honestly want to take some time to go through evangelism throughout 2024. I know in rural areas, there is this general idea of keep what you believe to yourself, but that goes against what the Bible directly tells us what to do. I will also have a review of a book I read with the class called The Master Plan of Evangelism by Robert E. Coleman. It was a really great read. And also, you know, as always, I'll probably be continuing to share stuff from other classes that I take through Global University throughout 2024. Another book that I recently went and back and reread, actually, uh, recently was Becoming a Contagious Christian by Bill Hybels and Mark Middleberg. And it is a book that our pastor uses to teach evangelism in our church. It's a really good book, but there's one particular chapter I want to highlight, which was Barriers People Have. When it comes to becoming a Christian, it brings so much to light because there are people who are easy to evangelize to, and there are some that are not. They actually have certain barriers, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a little bit more work that has to be done. So I also want to do an episode on things to look for in a church. I know for many, especially those who move, especially families, Uh, They move to different areas and they have to start up not only a whole new life, new jobs, you know, new, making new friends, new schools, but a lot of them actually have to find a new church, a new church family. And there are churches that look good on the outside. People seem friendly and the sermons may sound right, but there's so much more we have to look for in a church. And I really want to focus on rural churches because there are small towns that may have one church and that church is actually not ideal for certain people. And the question a lot of these people have is, do I drive over an hour to a church that is so much better? I know for our church, for quite some time, we actually had people coming in from Red Lodge, Montana, which was quite a bit of a drive. And they attended our church for a while until a new church 
closer to them, especially or in Billings, Montana, came and they actually transferred their membership there because it was a lot closer for them to attend church there and they were getting their spiritual needs met there and there wasn't anything wrong with that. So that's just something that we want to talk about. Another thing we need to look at is the next generation and what motivates them. Yes, youth are motivated even if it is bad things they are going after. So what do we do? And that's a future episode. The big thing with 2024 is that it's a huge election year. Uh, One thing I want to discuss this year is the whole thing about Christian nationalism and what it is. I really didn't think about this or about researching the issue until there was an editorial that was published by the New York Times from a woman named Susan Stubson. For those who don't know who she is, she's an attorney from Casper. Her husband's also an attorney, and he also has been part of the Wyoming State Legislature. I haven't dealt with her. I have talked with her husband a few times over the phone when I worked as a legal assistant. Uh, Essentially, she wrote an editorial for the New York Times stating that Christian nationalism has hijacked Wyoming. So I think it would be interesting to discuss uh, what Christian, Christian nationalism is and then break down her editorial. I also want to talk about what Christians should look for when voting, especially in rural areas. I think Christians in rural areas get this false sense that everything is okay and we can vote for whoever we want as long as they carry the Republican name because, you know, oh, Wyoming's conservative. No, we have to vet out candidates. For example, we had to essentially dump Liz Cheney last election. I didn't vote for her originally. We aren't going to get a full Christian every time that we vote, but we have to look at those who align closely with what we believe from the Bible. Are they going to fight for unborn children? Are they going to protect marriage? Are they going to be honest and go the hard road, even though it may be easier to lie and go the easy way out? Those are just a few things to think about. And I also want to bring up that Christians shouldn't be afraid to talk with their legislators and even their governor or even to get involved in government. I actually was at a mental health town hall uh, meeting a couple of months ago and Governor Mark Gordon, who is Wyoming's governor, was there facilitating the meeting. And I can tell you, Governor Mark Gordon has, like, there's some people that are all for him, and he's this great guy, and then you have all these other people that just say he is the worst guy in the world. But I can tell you that after meeting him, I was honestly impressed with his kindness, his willingness to listen, his passion to help with mental health crisis, especially for pastors. And I was honestly impressed that he does talk with his pastor about these matters that he's dealing with in the government. Does it mean he is perfect? No, I'm not perfect either. But I honestly went away from that meeting totally enthralled with an invitation to call whenever I have a suggestion. I honestly felt like Queen Esther where where King Xerxes holds out the golden scepter to her and she's allowed to come and talk to him. You know, and I have come across candidates that have been totally opposite, you know, 
Liz Cheney, for example, not to pick on her, but she seems the prime example, I couldn't get anything from her. You know, she closed herself to the Wyoming public and did things whatever worked best for her. So those are the things that as Christians we need to focus on. And we need to be more like Esther and Daniel from the Bible because if we're not, somebody who is totally woke and going on the leftist side is going to do it. So I also want to bring up topics that come up in our rural legislative sessions. It is interesting what is coming through for Wyoming 2024. So there may be times I divert from normal scheduling to discuss these bills that come through. Granted, 2024 for our legislative session is a budget session. So some bills can't get actually introduced until the next one. It has to deal with the budget. But I think it's also important to look at the budget to see what our state funding is going for. So there may be some things on that. But a particular bill that is going through is actually pretty much controversial and has had a lot of comments everywhere. And it is Senate File 9 called Parental Rights and Education. Essentially, this is supposed to set up a procedure on what the school district does to inform parents about their children and what rights parents have with their students. I think what is coming from is the fact that we are hearing cases all over the U.S. where school districts withheld information from parents about their child going through gender transition treatment. We're seeing that pop up in different legislative sessions, especially those who are detransitioning, that they were essentially told to be silent to their parents about what was going on. So, and I know there is currently a lawsuit out of Campbell County, Wyoming, where one family is claiming such that. And the thing with this bill that is being questioned is whether the authority does land with the state legislature or should it be left to individual school districts across the state. And I think that's an episode that's going to have to happen to talk about parental rights and where does it land. Now, speaking on education, I want to say that there will be an episode or multiple episodes on whether rural public schools are safe from leftist views that can cause kids to walk away from the faith. And I know that for some, they have this sense that just because they are in places like Wyoming, that their children are not getting indoctrinated like in other states. But that's not always the case. I just listened to an amazing podcast episode from Natasha Crane, and she interviewed a principal who has been part of the public school system for many years. And there was so much I learned from that discussion. And I just knew that I have to research Wyoming's public education standards and share what I find because it's public information. So there will be an episode on that along with what parents can do. Because while there are some Christian schools, uh, charter schools, and homeschool options popping up in Wyoming, For some Christian parents, it's not an option because maybe finances or where they live, you know, there may not be an option for that. But I also want to warn that parents have to watch what their students are consuming, even at a Christian school and even with homeschool curriculum. 
in more the rural ca category, I do want to take a look at the area of Mormonism. Uh, it is prevalent in Wyoming. I know right now there is a huge fight in Cody over a Mormon temple building, and it's actually, I think, even made national news. And it's caused a lot of division. You can't drive through Cody without a sign saying relocate the temple. And I want to share what it takes to reach a Mormon because they're going to tell you that they had an encounter with Jesus like you did. And also with Mormons, because it is an all or nothing kind of situation with their faith. Like it's either all true or I'm just done. They are at a higher percentage of being agnostic or atheist if they leave the faith. So I think it would be interesting to look into that religion and give tips of what to do to reach a Mormon. And along with Mormonism, I don't think I can get around this topic, but I do want to discuss polygamy. It has been glamorized by channels on TV like TLC. Uh, the most glamorized show for years, um, it's starting to kind of fall apart, has been Sister Wives. Uh, the show actually makes Wyoming natives cringe because Cody Brown, who is at the center of that show, is actually from Lovell, Wyoming. A lot don't know about that part of the story, but if you actually look at some of their early family photos, you see pictures of Heart Mountain. So it makes Wyoming cringe. But it's also a dark secret in Wyoming because polygamy is prevalent in the area. And especially in other rural areas. Uh, and it's something we need to be informed about. Because there are. Some think it's the same thing as Mormonism. But there's some different beliefs when it comes to that sect. And so you have to be informed about that. And they will actually say it's okay. Because God was okay with it in the Bible. But we have to use our biblical skills to actually interpret what God says about polygamous marriages. Was it from him or was it made by man? Also, the next idea I have is going to be controversial, but here in Wyoming, we see this big push with the LGBTQ+. And here in Wyoming, the face of that is Matthew Shepard. And for those that don't know, Matthew Shepard uh, was gay and he was tragically murdered in Wyoming. I say tragically because I don't believe in murdering people, period. doesn't matter what you believe in. But the misconception was he was killed because he was gay. But if you actually look at the records, which are public record, that was not the case. However, what is hard with this story is that the body of Christ did not react correctly either. And it has set off a huge fire that makes LGBTQ plus people think that Christians hate them from the beginning. So it's controversial, but I think it's something that we need to talk about along with how, as a church, we handle someone who is not just LGBTQ, but living in sexual sin. And I say this because LGBTQ tends to be categorized as the only sexual sin, but it's not sexual sin encompasses so much more and that is something that has to be addressed in one of the episodes. Uh, another thing I want to discuss is how hard it is 
to minister in such a divided country since COVID, a reason that most pastors want to leave the ministry is because of the division there is. You feel like you can never make anybody happy. And I want to do an episode on that and some tips I got from the Assembly of God on how do we handle division in our churches today. Another final kind of thought for an episode. I didn't really think about this. And then I came across an episode of, I was, it's a YouTube channel where they have, uh, it's called Cinema Therapy. They have an actual like family, licensed family therapist uh, and a filmmaker. And they actually look at films and the therapist will actually talk about certain things about those films. And recently I watched one about uh, spiritual abuse and all of that. And I kind of do want to share my thoughts in the ministry portion of it. I can't really comment in the counseling part of it because I'm not a licensed counselor. But something about spiritual abuse and all of that. So that is a future episode. And so those are just a few of the episode ideas I would want to discuss. We're getting into the 30-minute mark, so I think we're pretty much at a wrap-up for this last episode of 2023. So remember, we're off for two weeks, and we're going to resume normal episodes on January 9th. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. (laughs) 